What is up, folks? Today on the Emulsion Podcast, we talk the art of the dinner party, that damn clear pumpkin pie that's been going all over the internet, the dark side of restaurant culture, and where that leaves the industry going forward. Welcome back to the show, folks. My name is Justin Kana, and this is episode 37 of the Emulsion Podcast. We are live on YouTube right now if you're awesome enough to be subscribed and have notifications turned on. This is where you start to join this stellar live stream of ours. And this is where you also get to be involved in the conversation. If you're new here, yes, a lot of my videos on YouTube are still about what I'm doing or what I've done in the past, uh, my advice from what I've learned, but this show is all about what everyone else is doing and what I'm paying attention to now. Uh, it's a place to come and not only just to get your news, but also to ask questions. It's a safe space, if you will, something that I never really had growing up in the industry. At least I'm scratching my own itch of what I would have wanted when I was on the come up. There are no stupid questions on the show. I want your comments and the comment section in general to kind of be a place where you folks can chat, use my profile as a platform more than anything. But I really do sincerely hope that you learn a thing or two so you don't become a robot going into your career. I also um, go ahead and take these stories and I upload them to Anchor, as a, which is a platform that I've kind of been playing around with, uploading several times per week. So if you're into this, if you're getting into this intro and you're like, I don't really have 20 plus, 30 plus, plus minutes. Those are great. Those are five minute, easily digestible bites of this show for you to kind of take on your commute or your workout or whatever. Well, while you're getting changed, ready for work, I, I want to join you and bring a little bit of value into your life. So if you're not on YouTube or if you're listening to this after the live stream, tweet at me if you uh, you know aren't listening uh, there at Justin underscore Kana and hashtag the emulsion so I can find you in any kind of stories you want to contribute to this lovely show of ours. Today's beverage, as you know, that clash, classic emulsion coffee, that's a Guji uh, Ethiopian coffee from Stumptown, uh, but I did a different grind on this this time. You can see that in the in the cup. It's my favorite cup, um, the J8 cup. It's probably, no, it's not blown out. It actually looks pretty good. Um, I AeroPress my coffee, and I'm like 99.4% sure that I was grinding it too small. I was going for like an espresso grind, so I went with a coarser grind this time, and the coffee is just so beautifully round. It's like not as harsh. There's literally, I had to take a look inside the cup because it tastes and feels like there's like cream inside the coffee, but it's not. It's just black coffee. Um, the body and the flavor is just so different from what I'm used to. I'm super happy with this cup of coffee this morning, and it's this is my, again, it's in my favorite J8 Scrabble mug. I don't like Scrabble, 8 is just my favorite number, and the J is kind of self-explanatory. So let's get into the show. The first story today is an update on a story that one of you folks sent me a couple weeks ago. Cliff wanted me to cover this story uh, out of his city all about Alone Shia. He was leaving the Besh Restaurant Group, if you guys remember that story. I think I looked it up, it was in episode 32 that we did, so it was like five weeks ago. Was it episode 32? I don't know. And as I recall, I kind of looked at it a little bit skeptically, why like the story was progressing the way that it was, why this like chef who had made a name for himself was all of a sudden leaving this restaurant group that he was a part of, which is super weird. Um, they literally made it so clean and just done and over with. And I even went as far as saying that quote, I think I quoted myself, I, I said, it's a little strange to me to see this kind of switch happen because they've been together since 2003. Something else should have happened, end quote. And now, now, finally, we're getting all of this information coming to the surface. There's been enough articles that write about it better than I can, and I'm even going to reference a few of those during this story and kind of, like, tell you a little bit. Um, 
What time does what start, Anthony? Could you give me a little bit more clarity? What time does what start? Um, but it was confusing because um, they gave all this ambiguous stuff and now all this stuff is going forward. So here's your update. John Besh of the Besh Restaurant Group had a frankly terrifying number of women come forward saying that they experienced sexual harassment at his restaurants um, inside of his restaurant group. So his restaurant group employs 1,200 people, so there's a lot. Um, but, you know, keep in mind, they literally hired their first HR person literally this month, which is crazy at a restaurant group that's that big. That you have 1,200 people and there's zero, but there's zero people doing HR, which is outrageous. Like I can understand. I've worked at a bunch of restaurants that are super small team, where it's like, you know, either the general manager covers HR discrepancies or like the admin person talks about that stuff. Crazy. Uh, Alberto, can you talk about the publican thing a little bit more? Uh, talking in the comments about the publican thing, I didn't see that story at all. But that's, I mean, there's a bunch of stories that, uh, again, uh, it's like. Shia kind of poured some gasoline onto this whole entire story talking about the HR thing by saying on multiple occasions over the years he had asked for HR support in the restaurants but each time but quote each overture he made was summarily rejected end quote so my thoughts putting my foot down on this 3000% on this sexual harassment racism gender discrimination there's zero grounds for it absolutely zero no tolerance is my one and only stance on it, and literally with the chance to lose anyone listening that just kind of thinks that it's okay on certain circumstances or just to be funny, it's fine, can literally stop listening right now. You can unsubscribe and unfollow, whatever you need to do, because you're not going to see any support or pardons from me on the entire thing. Uh, Alberto says, Cosmo Gross got fired for failing to follow through with an HR issue at Publican. That's interesting. Um, it's a classic restaurant thing, right? It's, you have, it, when there's a tolerance for it, when there's even just a slight tolerance for it, it starts to become this thing that can repeat and go on over and over and over uh, again. It's r ridiculous. But to me, it's one of the reasons that I felt like such a outlier in some of the kitchens that I grew up in. Uh, putting people down, taking advantage of people, exerting authority, or undervaluing yourself so that you get the respect of authority, it's a real thing. And I'm not I'm not disregarding it. I'm not sweeping it under the rug and saying that it's not a thing. However, if it has to start in the movie industry with the whole Weinstein case and that gives people courage to speak out about it, fine. I didn't tolerate it when I was personally in management. And now that I'm working with people that come from kind of like all walks of life, I, can, I can't emphasize enough to you that regardless of if you're the best line cook in the kitchen or the newest commie, it can stop with you, right? Every single time you laugh at a joke, even if you're just faking it, it makes this continue. Ignore it or even go as so far as to question it, right? Why are you doing that? How do you think that makes them feel? It's really, really hard to like come forward and say those kind of um, statements about it. You're going to get called names yourself, probably. You won't make friends as easily. I certainly had that problem. Hey, you might even get scumbagged at work, right? Like people might ruin your mise en place or make sure that you're not set up or not order your shit. Like it's really fucking hard to put your foot down and make a stance on that. But when, the, when all the dust settles, right, and you look back at your career, to me, it's just practical to not have any of those skeletons in your closet that can kind of come forward and make a detriment to your career in, in the future. Can you imagine the ego boost that probably felt great in the short term to these people that abuse these people, but now it's destroying their careers? 
I just think karma is super, super practical. And if you pay it forward now and kind of just understand that it can stop right now, it can stop today and never go any further, that is my only ask. Because as someone who listens to this show and is part of this community with where we here are absolutely zero tolerance for it. There's many other positive ideas and stories and things we can do with our time here on this channel that we do together. So let's do that instead. Doing the right thing to me is always the right thing. So to piggyback on it, there's a couple stories that have come forward that I have personally saved that I wanted to talk about uh, as I covered this story. Anthony Bourdain has come forward, even going as far as taking some blame himself, referencing his book, Kitchen Confidential, saying that a lot of what he pulled back the curtain on, possibly contributing to people giving like permission to this quote-unquote meathead behavior that he talks about, um, that story is linked up as well. It's pretty short, but it's a good, he gives a little bit of insight on it. He has been incredibly vocal on Twitter, especially about the Harvey Weinstein uh, story itself. Um, another great article that I linked up is from Preti Mystery, who is the chef owner of Beach Club and Navi Kitchen. Um, she says, quote, look at Rene Redzepi. He wrote an article in Lucky Peach about his fantasy of a ki kinder kitchen. He writes that he put a personal and purposeful emphasis on not making pornographic jokes all day. You've been running the top restaurant in the world, according to the industry establishment, and you're just now thinking about professionalism on the level where people aren't making jokes about other people's body parts? It makes me sad that this is the basic standard to which our industry leaders are held. There's so much fear um, being blackballed in this industry. It's stupid. At the end of the day, it's not about smoking guns. It's about stopping all of the microaggressions that happen constantly to which open the door for harassment and bullying and humi humiliation. End quote. If you want to go a little bit deeper, uh, my friend Chris Hill uh, did a piece on Medium where he titled it, quote, what does the restaurant industry, where does the restaurant industry go from here, end quote, where he talks a lot about what I covered uh, just previous to this in much better detail, kind of stating the, quote, three things that the restaurant industry needs to do. The first one being communication, saying, quote, we need to create environments where communication is paramount and where individuals feel as though they can communicate without fear of losing their jobs or being shunned in some regard. Instead, we've done the exact opposite, and what has allowed people this good old type boys club environment in the industry is deeply rooted in the tension between the ego of those in charge and the inability of those on the other end to properly communicate when the ego gets in the way. Gonna take a second and read your comments. Alberto says, apparently the in an inappropriate picture of a female employee was shown around, and he even said that he had, he had seen the picture, but nothing was ever done about it. And Alberto also saying, it is horrible not creating a safe work environment for anyone that experienced harassment of any sort, and I'm 100% with you on that. Um, the second thing he references in, in his article is referencing the golden rule, which if anyone didn't grow up with that, it's uh, treat others how you would want to be treated. And number three is responsibility in leadership. So you can read that full piece. It's linked up with all the other stories uh, linked down below. I don't want to dwell too much on this because... I've made my case. It's a very, very simple case, but it's that's how it should be with these kind of things. It should be cut and dry. There shouldn't be kind of like any sort of exceptions to the rule. Um, you guys know where I stand on it uh, if you've been listening to this show for a while. Um, but I personally have a ton of respect for Chris putting this out there, especially with his kind of massive audience. I know he's working on a book himself, uh, so he has enough things going on, but it's great to see him giving, giving a voice. Um, I would definitely personally change number two to something called the platinum rule, which if you aren't familiar is way better than the golden rule. It's it's um, instead of treat others the way you'd want to be treated, it's treat others how they want to be treated, 
which is a really interesting take on on the rule itself because there's a lot of chefs I know who would love to have people make sexual advances on them, especially the, you know, like, take your pick, but does that mean that's how that other person wants to be treated? That's how I would kind of look at it because usually the people who are doing the kind of sexual harassment stuff are the ones who would probably be okay with that person that they're harassing make the same advance on them, and that is why they kind of, it justifies it in their head, where it's like, oh, it would be great to have that happen to me, so that kind of gives them that old own personal validation, where they're like, okay, yeah, it's fine, um, when in reality it's probably not. So think about it in that way. If you're having struggles with this, or you want to kind of use this as a reference for someone who has that kind of problem in their in, in their life where you can say use the platinum rule which you don't have to call it that but again it's treat others how they would want to be treated so next up in a kind of a lighthearted story after that semi-dark place we just went to uh gabriel hamilton who is the chef of the famed prune in new york city went um wrote a piece all about the art of the dinner party and i just wanted to share some quotes with you because i certainly enjoy this kind of like romantic food writing from time to time i used to read it all the time and i don't really read it anymore uh so when i read this piece um especially as someone who's hosting kind of like private dinner events myself i got a ton of really interesting points uh on it so quote i used to read the dinner table detrius left behind the felt tip pen the ivory silk handkerchief the little pile of strawberry hulls as if they were fossil impressions of not of seahorses or prehistoric invertebrates but of the conversations that were just had just hours earlier records of a grown-up discussion i was dying to be allowed to join examining the remains i imagined that the champagne cages someone twisted into the shape of beautiful rudimentary butterflies were formed during a spontaneous recollection of a few lines of poetry the torn still fragrant tangerine peels must have been stacked into neat piles when the conversation turned to the subject of parenting an ungovernable teenager the cigarette butt crushed into a walnut husk obviously in my mind stubbed out during the heated topic of money I cleared and cleaned and polished that table and cataloged, loosely just in my brain, all of the tangible things that people had held and worried in their hands during the lengthy meanderings and the teaching, reaching pauses of those adult dinner party conversations. To me, it has always been clearer that a dinner party is about what is said, not what is eaten. There would always be wine and salad and bread and stew, chocolate and fruit and nuts and sparkling cold duck. But the, those were just the props, the conduits for funny and real and meaningful conversation, the set pieces of a lively, engaged, lingering old school dinner party, end quote. The best part of this article, though, if you kind of like rolled your eyes during that section, uh, is definitely the section where they interview, quote, star hosts and ask them questions. I'm going to read you some of uh, DJ Khaled's uh, sections just because I think they're hilarious. Uh, he says, whom would you invite to a dinner party? Uh, he says, Obama, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Nas, Rihanna, Drake, Michael Jordan, Oprah, and whomever my one-year-old son, Assad, wants to invite. Uh, where would he host it? My home. What would you be drinking? Uh, Ciroc, Doucet, and wine. Uh, what? Uh, how would you get people to leave? And he says, I would just keep bringing dessert out. And they interview four other people for that section of the story. I think it was just really, really uh, hilarious. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I hope you do as well. It was, it was definitely worth reading. It, it, to me, it's, it's worth reading the article if you're kind of the, rom again, romantic food writer type. Um, 
I just really love well-written, dissected views of an experience. I, I want her to come eat at one of my dinners really bad and write, write about it because I think it would be a really cool insight and a, a cool piece of content in itself. So next up, and a headline that's blown up over the internet, uh, however, most of us probably saw it a few weeks back, uh, Simon Davies, the chef de cuisine of Alinea in Chicago, posted a video on Instagram highlighting their new tiny creation, Clear Pumpkin Pie. So for everyone asking how, uh, if you haven't seen this photo yet, um, it is a tiny little slice. It can probably be held uh, between your two fingers. It's not an actual big slice of pumpkin pie, as most of us uh, are familiar with around this time of year. It is a distillation of pumpkin, cinnamon, ginger, and clove. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he used the rotovap to make that distillation, but probably. Uh, the texture is apparently gelled perfectly so that it melts. You don't have any chewy or kind of like crunchy jello texture, um, and the crust is a standard pat per se. Uh, however, is it surreal? He used the hashtag surrealism when he posted that uh, dish. I would say kind of. I mean, I certainly stared at it for a while. I was like staring at the crust through the, 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 the gel. Um, it is a show-stopping dish. However, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper on this show and kind of explore the internet's response to it. Um, taking things out of context, when you see as someone like a random Twitter user who's not a foodie or a chef or a blogger, when you see this tiny slice of clear pie, you might get a very visceral reaction to kind of push back. I was certainly surprised how many people have kind of bashed it. Um, I'd be curious to see how many people who said bad things about it have actually tasted it, um, because it's kind of like the classic anger spreads faster than anything, especially uh, even before the internet, you know, co constant gossip. Um, I get it though, real talk, if any of you have had it, um, talking about some of these restaurants from Chicago, if anyone has had it or knows someone who has had it, um, I'd be curious to let see your comments as a chef. Um, <laughs> Sebastian says, is it just me or do you need more and more to be a chemist than a chef in fine dining? Yes and no. Um, I mean, I was supremely... Um, I wrote a, a little piece about it when I posted my thoughts when I went to Single Thread which is a restaurant that just got two Michelin stars. We covered it last week um, in the show. It's in Healdsburg, which is just outside of San Francisco. Um, that is a chef who has all the experience of doing that kind of chemist side of being a chef, where he worked at the Fat Duck for a while. He did the culinary science program at the Culinary Institute of America, and there was no gimmicks in that meal. It was literally just like well-executed sauces and purees and perfectly cooked vegetables and fire roasted meat. Um, I was just as impressed by that meal than any other, you know, meal that I could have had. However, there's another great quote that's coming from um, Cooking a Quintessential Art, where it talks about um, the second that we as chefs put our hands on a product, it is then considered manipulated, right? Like, if you take I think about my meal at Echibari in Spain, right? He gets these beautiful prawns in and he just puts them over the fire and kind of makes love to them over the fire. And they're like some of the best, it's one of the best things I've ever put in my face. However, he has manipulated it. He has taken it and done something to it and then served it to you. It's not like he pulled it up out of the ground and then put it on a plate and told you to eat it. That is more natural. That is the most natural thing you can do. However, the second that we manipulate something, that is where execution comes into play. So to me, the question then becomes, how much are you going to manipulate it? And when does that point, when does the buck stop? 
Like when, when do you decide, okay, this is enough. This is like how I want to serve it. And this is the best way I can serve it. When you start to employ those kind of like chemist things, I think everything is, is manipulated. It just depends on how you manipulate it and where, what, what, what your style is. So yes, you can do some pretty cool stuff and this is a testament to itself. Um, I mean, this is essentially turned into just free PR uh, for, for, for Alinea. And that's what I was surprised about. It goes beyond an Instagrammable dish, right? It's a dish that makes you question what's possible. And that's what Alinea is all about. And the fact that they were able to kind of scale that reaction using the internet is fascinating to me. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it. Um, sure, you're, you're, you're getting a lot of people who have no idea what Alinea is, and they're never going to go eat there. And they just talk shit on this dish. However, that's not who Alinea wants. They don't want those people to be their guests. Um, they just, you know, went viral and got a ton of awareness through creativity. So props from me to that entire thing. Alberto says, understanding the chemistry helps build building umami and achieving a desired consistent product, even if you're not taking it to its farthest reaches. 100%. I mean, it's just like the more you can do to something to make it delicious or cause a reaction or any of that. That's what we're in the business of doing. So I don't think that it's a question of like chemistry or not chemistry or is it science or cooking anymore. Like it's all manipulation. You just decide what you're going to do and what kind of techniques you want to use. Um, next up and this week's non-industry story, live stream squad, please leave any other questions or comments now and we'll chat through them in just a moment. Um, I actually, you know what, I'm going to unabashedly share my own stuff this week because I had a ton of stuff I made this week and I'd rather share that, uh, because I'm excited about it rather than kind of share something that I only think is kind of cool. Um, so right off the bat, Mix Projects, which is my media venture, put out a Dish of the Day episode. Yep, it's back if you kind of joined this channel, um because of Dish of the Day, we we brought it back. And it's featuring Hubert, who is my other chef that is over on the Mix Projects YouTube channel. I'll go ahead and link that up. Um, it was all about a intermezzo that we did during a pop-up that we did last Tuesday. Um, and also, for all you tech nerds that are just like me, I've re-updated uh, some of my gear loadouts on kit.com for that side of things. I know a lot of you really love the what's in my knife roll section. Um, I also updated the, I, I made an equipment kit, so all of the equipment that I use, um, because all of that stuff doesn't fit into a knife roll. So I have two two of those kits now. So one is the equipment kit, one is the equipment, uh, the knife roll kit, and then I've also updated all of my media kits. So that's all of the tech that I use to... Yeah, uh, you know, I have a brand new video that I'm going to uh, edit tonight all about some upgrades that I've made. Uh, I made some upgrades in the laptop and headphone department. Uh, wanted to make sure that those got reflected online. Maybe you noticed a new pair of headphones on my head. Um, I'm going to talk all about those, but if you're curious as to what I'm using right now to make what I do on the internet, go ahead and check those out. Um, I definitely, definitely love that platform a lot. So with that, this has been episode 37 of The Emulsion. Thank you so much for listening. Just a quick little reminder before you take off, if you want to support this or any other content I do for as little as $1 per month, that's like less than a pair of socks, I would love for you to check out my page on Patreon. Uh, there you get a ton of amazing access, behind the scenes, gear giveaways, industry advice, cookbook reviews, and notably today, surprisingly, I'm going to do an Ask Me Anything on that platform. For anyone who is supporting, you get 100% access to me, um, we're going to sit down for like an hour or two, whatever you want to ask career-wise, what kind of ice cream I like, how I write menus or prep lists, uh, what knife should I buy, all of it, it we're going to chat through in just a few hours over on Patreon. I, of course I have cheap socks. Uh, it's less than socks, man. 
Um, if you aren't on that platform yet, definitely make that a thing. Again, for just $1 a month, that's like $12 a year. I sincerely appreciate your support. Thanks, everyone, so much for already support. who's already supporting. I can't thank you guys enough. Um, if you can't swing the Patreon right now, but you really want to support what I do, I'm in the process of building a super badass, exciting, value-dropping email newsletter for you guys. If you want in, go ahead and check out my website, justincona.com, and we will get you all set up. If you have stories you want covered on next week's show, go ahead and shoot them to me on Twitter and hashtag the emulsion so I can find you. Subscribe if you aren't already. Definitely leave a thumbs up on this video or consider leaving a review on iTunes if you listen there. I'm working on getting this uh, podcast on Spotify this week, so we will hopefully be able to allow that as an extra extra thing that you guys can use to listen. Um, and if you're on YouTube and you want to make sure that you get it, uh, notifications when these uh, live streams start, go ahead and hit the little notification bell um, so you can get a heads up when we go live uh, when I record this show. Um, regardless of where you are, I appreciate your ears, so thank you so, so much. My name is Justin Kana. Have a good one.